got the button. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to a new episode of Flesh Wound Farce, where we review and discuss your and our favorite comedy films. This is the world's first and only combination trivia host and professional wrestling announcer of Chilean descent that currently resides in Southern California, Ozzy V. And with me as always on this program, first in the Northern California Bay Area, world's famous juggler, Greg Larson. How you doing, Greg? We are reviewing History of the World Part 2, and there's been new Animaniacs who's killing it, so life is fantastic. How are you doing, Ozzy? I'm doing fantastic. Curious, what's on your hoodie? Oh, it's uh, from How Ridiculous, another a wonderful YouTube series where they do a bunch of stupid stuff, and they have a dinosaur called Rexy that they always have involved in their stunts. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah. They recently did a thing where they played like tic-tac-toe from the top of a stadium and like tried to pop balloons. And so it's 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 a lot of fun. And also with us, Flesh Wound <laughs> producer Todd. Good evening. How are you, Todd? Are you feeling Chill. well? Feeling cheery? Uh, you, just I am. Did, you guys just did a live recording of the the Oscars watch along or what? How did that work? Yeah, we watched along and they could listen and talk back. Who was with you? Uh, me, Pugs, and Dan. You were with you? That is impressive. <laughs> Fantastic. And that's, I'm sure, still available in case anybody wants to see there that. Is. Did any of your favorites win anything? Um, everything, everywhere, all at once won quite a few. Oh, I, I, I my phone went off about that for some reason. Like <laughs> The Associated Press was like, this movie's not going to get any awards. You know what? Short round won a goddamn Oscar. No, that's, I mean, oddly enough, I didn't get that notification. Uh, I just kept getting notifications like, another big win, another big win. Open me, open me. I'm like, yeah, yeah, just tell me what happened. Top Gun Uh, won for sound, so, I mean, well well deserved. In Dolby, you could completely understand why. Mm -hmm. Holy Toledo. Anyway, enough Oscar talk. Uh, about a movie that should have been an Oscar contender, History of the World Part 1, right? Mm. Today we are reviewing History of the World Part 2, the series of the eight episodes that are currently available on Hulu. Todd, do you have a trailer available for the... Is there a series trailer available? You can. Um, I believe there is. I, I would hope it would be an automatic yes, because, you know, if it wasn't automatic yes... Right before you started, I would think you'd been like, oh, man, I need the trailer. Hands up where I can see him. Good gravy is Harriet Tubman. The inventor of the bathtub? I think these dumbasses are <laughs> Roland. Oh, hello. Who is this? It's your mama. If you're my mother, what is your last name? It's my mother. That confirms it. <laughs> I'm Gublai Khan. Amelia Earhart. The Romanovs. I am Sigmund Freud. Join me for my master baits. <laughs> master class. What? <laughs> <laughs> Who are you? 
Some call me Jesus Christ, son of God. Some call him broken corny. <laughs> <laughs> My new book idea. The Kama Sutra from soup to nuts. If I'm not going slurp, 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 I'm eating soup. <laughs> Judas, you pissed on my feet. Ah. I know you hear me. You're gonna blow your hands for 30 seconds and you're just not gonna look at me? <laughs> Sorry, I only have big pieces of silver. <laughs> we are about to embark on the biggest campaign in the history of the world, part two. Noah, you were supposed to get two of every animal. I got two chihuahuas, two Pekingeses, two pugs. Actually, I got three pugs. Don't tell God. <laughs> what ideas have you got for Shakespeare? What if we do a play, but it's got music and singing? People sing their feelings. <laughs> Anyone else with a good idea? That was the series trailer for History of the World Part Two, now available on Hulu for you to stream. It is eight episodes each night had two episodes released beginning with obviously the first one and i don't know about you guys but when i first saw the intro come up with the music i kind of got goosebumps <laughs> uh going now this is kind of different because usually when we're talking about a movie we can just jump in initial thoughts favorite moments and our rating and that's that right. so this is a little different it being a series so obviously our initial thoughts i mean there should be no real surprise. We were all stoked about it, excited for it. That was unanimous. Uh, going on episode one, are there any highlights that you wanted to bring up? I mean, I'll go first. Rasputin as Knoxville. Jeez. And the whole Jack Rasp uh, skits that happened throughout the series, but this is where he was introduced as Rasputin. Nick Kroll was on Seth Meyers and had said Johnny Knoxville as soon as he had heard that Kroll was, it was basically Nick Kroll, Wanda Sykes, and Ike Barinholtz that were the primary writers of the series and had gotten every, or Nick Kroll got everything, got both of them together. But as he was on the Seth Meyers show, he had heard, Johnny Knoxville had heard he was in charge of it. Knoxville had contacted him saying, if there's anything you have for me, I'll do it. It doesn't matter. Like, I love Mel Brooks. I'll do anything you have. And when he contacted him saying, okay, we want to use you for Rasputin, he happened to be in St. Petersburg at the time. He was told that he was Rasputin, <laughs> where he had actually already taken a picture of Rasputin's penis that was on his <laughs> plate. <laughs> and he sent them. He's like, you know, you're not going to believe this. This, is, this happened earlier, but you're telling me now that I'm going to play this guy. So from the first episode, my favorite of was seeing that put me over the top how about you guys like or if there's if there's one that sticks out because i i mean i have them all written down here i can always move on just episode two if there's nothing really you wanted to talk on i mean just all around it was just so fun to to get like this feeling again although i do have to say there was like going into the first episode i didn't know what to expect you know and because it's such an iconic movie 
and a style of comedy that's no longer really done, you know? Um, and so feeling out this first episode, I think that was the most important part of this was, was trying to figure out where it was going to go. And I felt like this ended up being a hybrid of like history of the world and drunk history. And so like, once I got that feeling, I think, I think that's what this first episode was about for me was figuring out where this was going to go and, and seeing coach from big mouth, uh, kind of come in <laughs> as Nick Kroll's character, um, <laughs> Uh, was was fantastic. So um, this first episode was really a great introduction uh, to to let you know what you're in for. I have one line that was just you know very Mel Brooks, just a little throwaway line in the background, and someone says, you know, someone play Devil Comes Down to Georgia. <laughs> we don't have the yes. rights. Yeah. Similar, <laughs> just to sound alike. <laughs> yeah, yeah. There was a lot of like that typical Mel Brooks's humor. Uh, one of the sketches, the discovery of fire. One of the lines said is you can see the crew in my reflection, right? Yeah. You can literally see the crew. Yes. So it, it was so fun to go back to that. And like you said, Greg, it set you up for what you were, or set you up for a, a, an expectation of what was going to come to a head for the mm -hmm. following episodes. Anything else on this one before we just move on to the second? Go for it. So a second episode opened with the D-Day sketch, which involved uh, several soldiers just losing their lunch, for lack of a better term. Uh, intro was there. And then after that came my favorite sketch, it should be no secret, mm -hmm. by G.O.D. Home Entertainment, that being Curb Your Judaism with yes. uh, Nick Kroll as Judas. And to have J.B. Smoove as <laughs> Luke but playing the Leon character was even better. And then you also had Richard kind available in that sketch. And he played the Andy David character from the show. So it was like, I, I literally saw it again, right before we recorded just because, and, and what I even loved so much about it as well is that there was a Trojan March and they did it the exact same way that, you know, that, that same chant that they had at the beginning. So it was awesome to see that. And I don't know if you guys caught, but when, uh, as opposed to the regular police lights, there was a lantern that kept flashing red and blue in the background that was being held by one of the Trojans. I or did Romans, not catch rather. that. That's yeah. awesome. <laughs> also, episode two introduced the Shirley Chisholm sketch, which parodied a, I guess, I don't know. I'm, I'm not too familiar with TV from that era, Todd. Maybe you are, but it, de it had a character from 227, I believe. It had an actress from 227, yes. Okay, that's what Marla Gibbs. Yes, right. thank you. Uh, but this was the Wanda Sykes playing Shirley Chisholm, the congresswoman, and uh, a few sketches throughout the series that were the typical parody of that sitcom. Had a very fun and funny ending that we can touch back to later. This had also introduced Ronnie Chang as Kublai Khan. And that had a whole hilarious uh, kicks off a hilarious storyline arc. That's one thing that I did love about this is that it wasn't just one sketch. And that was that it was one sketch. And then you would go back to it. Uh, right. And it, you would be able to tell these different stories. And it didn't seem that you were just doing one at a time. Finishing off with Jesus Christ. And what's so funny is 
the or uh, sorry, the finish of the Curb Your Judaism sketch was that I had such a hard time with trying to recognize who the actor who played Jesus was in those mm-hmm. episodes. And until it looked it up, I was like, wow, of all, I can't believe I didn't catch that because I saw this freaking movie like 12 times in the theater. He was payback in Top Gun Maverick actor, Jay Ellis. The oh, face no kidding. Ca- the, he looked so familiar and it was just bothering me. And maybe because it didn't hit me is because he looked so tall and throughout the movie, he's sitting down for the most part. Right. Mm-hmm. So after that, it was kind of seeing that the second or the second time I'd watched that, having that information in mind was gave it a little extra kick. Anything before we move on to episode three? Um, I did uh, laugh at the, the league throwback with the uh, forever. Forever unclean. unclean. Yes. <laughs> so mixing worlds colliding, if you will, as George Costanza would say. Yeah. Episode three opened up with, as seen in the trailer, Alexander Graham Bell getting crank called by Sam Richardson, who's always great. Unfortunately, that was his only role in the entire series. But uh, that that had me in tears with that, that sketch in the intro going on to the Russian Revolution, introducing Rob Cordry as Stalin. Jack Black is I'm sorry, Rob Cordry as Lenin. Right. Jack Black as Stalin. Also including us seeing in the trailer Noah's Ark with Seth Rogen. And there was also, uh, I didn't mention this in the first one, or I think we had touched on it, but the Civil War sketches came back with a whole storyline involving Ike Barinholtz as General Grant. And man, at, uh, I'm not sure it's at this point. I think it's at the next episode, but we'll get to that point. Also seen in the trailer, Sigmund Freud by play portrayed by Taika Waititi. And finishing out with the Civil War and Russian Revolution, where we saw Danny DeVito as well. <laughs> and you also had, I believe, uh, Dove Cameron as Marie Antoinette. No, Marie Antoinette. Am I right on that? I believe Romanoff. So. Romanoff. That's what it was. Anastasia right. Romanoff. I apologize. Moving on, episode four, starting out with Mesoamerica, the gods know I blank. I don't want to give Todd extra work here. <laughs> also the Russian revolution. And this is where we also were introduced to the Mary Magdalene character played by Zazie right. Beetz. Mm-hmm. And these, this first in- interaction was okay, but it just blossomed into something so much better in the next few episodes. You also had Jack Rasp on there for the first time and the pyramids following up with the story of Jesus and Mary and then the ending of the episode was with the Russian Revolution. This is where you had Nick Kroll's character as Mudman. I can't remember his first name. Let's save my life. But it anything wasn't he Putz got... Mudman, but it was something. Yeah. Puttsmates. I remember the Puttsmates joke. Yes. Got a bad review on Puttsmates, but. Was it Fud Mudman or some, something ridiculous? But anything on this episode. What was it? I forget which episode the Boston guy yeah, that's like hard. came in with the Red Sox jersey. Yeah. Yes, that was later on episode seven. Yeah, that's uh, a I'm wait. No, he seven. came in earlier than seven because oh, he made I, two I just, appearances. Okay, I recall seeing the second time at the rooftop concert. I yeah, 
Schmuck yeah. Mudman. Schmuck Mudman. That's what it was. Yes, yeah, Schmuck Mudman. So the Boston guy, I want to say it's episode three or four. Like he made a first appearance before yes. the later episode. And I just have to say, like, as a favorite moment, unintentionally, that was a favorite moment because he comes in and he says, fuck Brady. Sorry. I'm <laughs> sorry. I apologize for that. But anyway, <laughs> <laughs> so he, he, you know, insults Brady. I do not have the ad free version of Hulu. And when the ad came in right after that sketch, right after that moment, it was Tom Brady in a Hertz commercial. And That's it cool. made my day. I was like, Mel Brooks, if I hadn't known any better, I would have said, you set this up. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So moving on to episode five had opened up with Galileo on their version of TikTok, which had an arc play out throughout the this particular episode where he was explaining things just heavily edited completely. Like I felt I could have showed this episode to my 13 year old nephew and he would have gotten a kick out of it, like just throughout the entire way, but it finishing with hit like the end result of what it being just made it so perfect and, and brilliant writing going back with the grant storyline in the civil war, Shirley Chisholm episode, more Jack rasp. And when I say Jack rasp, this was the Rasputin, uh, sketch and it was basically jackass just with knoxville as rasputin doing uh more extreme stunts but still everybody else even we man dressed up like a ballerina was there it's fantastic because how many of us haven't thought like how was johnny knoxville not died at this point <laughs> you know so he's perfect for this role that's exactly what Kroll had said on Seth Meyers, because he's a guy that you believe should be dead, and Rasputin was a guy that they kept trying to kill. So as as I, I said, with his penis being on display, <laughs> you had the Yelta Conference, more Shirley Chisholm, and then finishing out with Galileo and the Civil War, more on the Grant storyline. Anything from this episode stick out you wanted to talk about before I moved on? I mean, when they... I, I've when they brought in like the new age TikTok kind of thing with the Galileo stuff, like it just, it just brought such a different sense of humor that it's like, they took what, what kind of was history of the world. And they really did update it to what, what was needed for this time. So like specifically, I wouldn't say there was something that I was like, Oh, this was like the thing. But I just felt like each time we saw a new episode, we saw something fun, something new, something evolved that was what we wanted from this History of the World series. It's it's very similar to uh, the opening in the Roman Empire when he's he's getting the unemployment insurance mm -hmm. and it's something that's current taking right. place in the past. That's exactly to your point, something evolving felt very like of that history of the world type humor, seeing TikTok back in the day and Galileo using it and him talking about his theories and then what would happen is hilarious to see play out. So I completely agree with you. Don, you okay? You, you all right over there? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> all my notes, <laughs> like uh, every note I have, you hit that point. So. Okay. Is, is there anything you wanted to get ahead? I'm about to jump into episode six. Is there anything you wanted to get in there before I potentially go over it? 
Um, I believe this was six. My notes kind of get jumbled right here. But the 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 Easter egg origin story or the Easter stuff that that had me laughing. Oh God, it's so good. <laughs> Absolutely, we won't spoil it. Definitely something to be checked out. <clears throat> Episode six had introduced the Santelmo statue removal and supply. Which, <laughs> my goodness, I mean, going back into to a note about like something evolving, taking something from pop culture and, you know, moving it all around. And there's an interview uh, in Entertainment Weekly with Wanda Sykes, Nick Kroll and Ike Barinholtz. And they were saying that it was that particular sketch, the statue removal sketches that when filming, they just kept losing it because they kept thinking of all these scenarios that would happen in this world. <laughs> Uh, now, I believe it was episode six that was starting to sh portray the story of Jesus as the Last Supper sessions. Yes. Which was, yes. they all had accents, and it was a complete Beatles parody with Mary Magdalene being the Yoko Ono. And <laughs> my God. I didn't know I'd need to have plot. a Liverpoolian accent. <laughs> <laughs> and then also. Uh, <laughs> just when they talked about and there was like a small excitement from richard kind's character to drop the are we dropping the accents like it was, it was great go ahead todd sorry yeah no, no i was gonna say that was the one part i didn't i didn't like that sketch you didn't like any of the last supper sessions yeah no i was like uh here we go again yeah huh. it didn't do it for me at all interesting okay well moving on uh more the the civil wars civil war sketches i know i'm kind of going over them but i believe it was in this episode just the one point i wanted to bring up is that there was a native american soldier who was very shy and timid and then he turned into basically a i it's a long story but just to give you the highlight of it he turns into like a stand up comic and he is hilarious when he talks about I don't want to say the jokes that he's because he has a very small moment in the show and I don't want to spoil any of that, but that had me rolling pretty hard in those Civil War sketches. Also featured on this was Concestry.com. Basically, as Kublai Khan was introduced earlier in the series, this was a site to check to see if you were related to Kublai Khan and it just made kind of a mockery with the 23andMe site and the Ancestry.com site. Again, more similar to that uh, farce style that brought by Brooks. More St. Elmo statue removal and supply. You had Amelia Earhart as well. How'd you guys feel about that? That was just a one-off sketch. Didn't have didn't have any recurring roles. Going back, Jesus Last Supper sessions. The St. Elmo statue removal and supply, and then the Civil War. Yeah, and the Amelia Earhart moment, like. I thought was, you know, it was very tongue in cheek, you know, and, but it was, I don't know, it, it, I don't think it hit the marks that it, it wanted to, but it was still fun. Like there was a lot of innuendo with it, which is very Mel Brooks. So I appreciated that. Um, but I don't know. I just, it, it was so quick. And I guess that's, that is similar to like the original caveman bit you know, in history of the world where it was one segment real quick. Okay. Hit its moment, had its one laugh um, and moved on. So, so for that, you know, I appreciated it because it did feel um, fitting within the world. 
um, of, of what is history of the world. Um, but it just, it didn't have the longevity as some of the other sketches did. I gotcha. Todd, anything before I move on to episode seven? Uh, no, go for it. Okay. So as out of the series, now I did mention that my favorite sketch had been curb your Judaism, but mm-hmm. episode seven was probably my favorite episode of the entire series. It opens up with the Oslo peace accords and it turns yes. into an argument about who can claim the homeland of hummus. And when they start firing insults at each other, it's funny how they're ready to just move on with peace. And it's, Oh no, who, who had, who started hummus and then everybody starts getting into it. And Jason Mens, uh Mansukis plays the representative from Greece go friendship yourself like (laughs) (laughs) and just that whole scene and then it even ends with them offering no we'll have lunch at this embassy at this embassy at this embassy and then when he the Norwegian uh, guy says oh we can have it at this embassy everybody tells him to screw off and he says well more sheep's head for me yes (laughs) but (laughs) that scene is worth just the performance and performances and definitely set this episode up so well for me Following the intro, we did go back to the Shirley ep- episodes or Shirley sketches, then introduced the Typhoid Mary character, which had just three sketches on this episode that we saw. And this was uh, broadcast via itch. Yes. Instead of Twitch. And it was hilarious to see her just be gross with everything and then seeing the comments on the side. The comments just... on the side did it for me. Absolutely. Like, that was fantastic just great stuff uh sure like i said shirley was on here and then also one was continuing off the kublai khan storyline the real concubines of kublai khan which a parody off the real housewives and i lost it when they threw the meme up of the lady yelling and then the cat yes (laughs) yes goodness that i lost my stuff and Finishing out with the last supper sessions, Todd's favorite. Anything on that one before I move on to the final episode? Um, seven's the one that had the second appearance of the Boston guy that was. Oh, hilarious. yes. Yeah. So in the last supper sessions, they were having the rooftop concert, and that's where you saw the the second uh Boston guy. Perfect. The was, the guy. Save the episode for me. <laughs> so episode eight, right opened up with the fall of the Berlin wall and (laughs) (laughs) sorry no 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 it it, no don't need to apologize if you see it if you saw it you know if you didn't we won't spoil it then going on to probably one of if I had a second favorite sketch ongoing sketch of the entire series it was this one the story is a story of Jesus the council of Nicaea which was basically a Christianity focus group. And it, it was so funny to see this kind of uh, poke fun at Christianity, I guess. Yeah. And, and, and the way everything was just, yeah, I I, I can't, I don't want to spoil it just because, well, obviously I wouldn't, I, I'm not in the position to spoil it, if you know mm-hmm. what I mean. I don't want to get canceled, but it is definitely worth watching. Greg, I'm sorry you were going to go into something. Yeah, no, I I think that that was kind of the feeling that you got from that era of film 
in the original history of the world or the Mel Brooks like dynasty in general was let me shed a little bit of light with a lot of bit of humor, you right. know, and and that was was really his M.O. And and I thought this really this sketch in particular felt really in his wheelhouse. <laughs> now, I think we need to give Mary a uh, an occupation, you know, <laughs> man, that's progressive. Good. <laughs> I, I, as the father of of a four year old daughter, I, I think this is being very respectful. My God, what a! <laughs> I was in tears at this moment. But this jump into uh, Teddy Roosevelt sketches, which was basically sell, as parodying a infomercial with him as a as a fitness guy and played by Ike Barinholtz fantastic more Shirley Chisholm this episode was basically the finale of the series which was because you basically had a season premiere feeling from these first few sketches and then this mm -hmm. had a season finale or series finale from these last mm -hmm. few sketches which is interesting uh, which also featured a cameo appearance with Blake Griffin as Muhammad Ali. Yes. <laughs> I love that. The Then came up the Jesus action movie trailer known as <clears throat> JC Resurrection. Jesus Christ basically turned into Iron Man, going back to the Council of Nicaea and finishing that whole story out, then finishing up with the final moments of Shirley. And then came the coming soon. Whereas in the first movie you saw coming soon history of the world part two. Now it was coming soon history of the world part two season two. And then had the great fascist bake off. Yes. Then featured the dust bowl, which is basically a football game being played in a bunch of dust and <laughs> a complete surprise that I was not expecting. Nobody was expecting maybe a little bit, but not as much, was the Jews in space. When I saw the Jews in space, I thought that's how it was going to end, like how the first movie. But then when they actually went into the ship, right. you got to see a dreidel that was named Jute, who is basically parodying Groot. And then yeah. seeing Sarah Silverman there all of a sudden, apologize if you could hear these fireworks. I don't know if they're upset with me. But anyhow, uh, a great way to end it. And... I kind of felt bummed because it was over. Right. You know, like that's, that's the thing about, I mean, obviously if it was a movie, it would only be 90 minutes and I'd still be bummed. It was over, but mm -hmm. I guess you had a little bit more attachment to it because you had more time to spend with these parodied characters and being in that world of humor. So on top of the fact that like most movies, you're like, Oh, I'll wait a few years and get my sequel. We've been waiting a long time for yeah. this moment. <laughs> and 42 years. So um, episode eight was 100% my favorite of the series. Okay. Greg, did you have a favorite episode? You know, it's I, I do have to say like episode seven, I felt like they really started to get, their footing like i felt like a lot of this show was introduction to what we're we're ready to have and then once 
episode seven hit and we got the typhoid Mary and a few other things. Like I felt we were really getting the ball rolling. Um, kind of like, um, uh, shit's Creek. You don't have to censor that. Cause that's the name. Um, <laughs> like season one was okay. But once you got into season two, you're like, man, this is fantastic. You know? And I really felt the, the show took off and, and I think once we're getting these characters established or, you know, some of the idea of where we're going with this, I really felt was getting its footing in episode seven. Um, so that's that's where I really felt a lot of like, I'm excited for this. And then it ended and I was really upset. Like I felt I felt hurt and I didn't know how, you know, when you saw that season two um, or, uh, you know, uh, part two, season two. Is this an actual tease? Is this like the first movie where we're not going to see something for a long time? You know, and I I got a little angry because I brought up some trauma that because when I saw the ending of History of the World Part One, I wanted that much like Beer Fest. I want to see Bong Fest. You know, these movies do this. Exactly. You know, and not to mention Spaceballs to the search for more money. But, Greg, you're not even lying because you can even watch the review that we did of History of the World Part 1 and Greg's frustrations were echoed in that episode (laughs) is what he just said now. So that is, he ain't lying. But I I have a strong feeling that we will at least see one more season because they, in this interview that I was reading with Entertainment Weekly, there was a lot of stuff they had to cut because they didn't have time. Mm -hmm. And everybody, they had mentioned that everybody that they had contacted wanted to do it just because they loved Mel so much. Right. And you got a sense that, I mean, there were so many cameos. You could look, I tried pausing the credits in Hulu and you couldn't, it didn't seem like it had everybody, you know, that of, of what you saw, there was more people I saw on the IMDB list than mm-hmm. what I saw in the, in the Hulu credits, because it was just so packed with per- people after people. And, it was interesting um, on my perspective because I had just recently finished rewatching the Curb series. After the Curb series, I immediately uh, rewatched Veep, right? Mm-hmm. And a ton of characters from Veep, especially character who played Jonah on Veep, played Abraham Lincoln as one. Typhoid Mary was the the uh, his wife towards the end. That was the daughter of the lawyer. But it was fun to see all these, and of course Sam Richardson. But it was fun to see all these faces kind of do, you know, do more things. And it's almost like it's it's like a. I think it was like when Superbad came out, and you know, there was like that Seth Rogen group of people, Adam McKay group of people. You know what I mean? That you were expecting from a comedy. This just seemed like that on a much bigger scale, right? And. Seth Rogen played Noah from on the Noah's right. Ark catch. So not nobody was like excluded or anything like that. It didn't feel like much of an exclusive group, but that kind of sense of like, if you anchorman and you can go back, watch our anchorman review, but you got a sense that everybody on that set was having a great time at all times. Right. right. And you got that sense with the series all the time that everybody was just 100% happy with this on board. And I, I can only pray for a season two, a part two. So I, I pretty much gave my final thought before saying this is my final thought. So that was my final <laughs> thought. you guys have anything you want to say before we end up this review? 
I'm going to be the date of the in the punch bowl a little. Okay. I think there there was a little too much curl for my liking. Okay. So I I have I, I have a low tolerance for him. So it kind of some of it made it a chore in the early half. Okay. I, I mean, s- I think he's taking the reins of the the Mel Brooks Jew in the film. Yeah, <laughs> that's what <laughs> I was going to say because if you look at the first film, it was all Mel Brooks, right? All right. Uh, you basically had Sid Caesar as the caveman, and then everything else was Mel Brooks. Right. So I, it didn't really feel like it was too different, you know? Like, no, I get that. I'm just not the biggest Nick Kroll guy. Oh, yeah, so. no, it's, I I get that. Like, it's not the fact that someone was involved this much. It was the fact that it was just Nick Kroll that was involved that much. Right. Right. Yeah. You I know, I understand that. I think the only, like, I I really enjoyed this. It was a lot of fun. I do have to say the feeling that it was more drunk history than history of the world um, was a little rough um, because history of the world was known for its characters that weren't a part of history, you know, that happened to be part of these major moments. So what I was hoping for was these new characters was these, you know, great moments that, happen to you know interact with these big periods of time with potentially you know um known names you know but um so i missed out on that um but i still had a really good time because i do love drunk history um and i i do love all the the humor that they brought to this i think drunk history is better though that's my my one thing debatable <laughs> like I, in, in different ways. Saying, like I, I agree with you in some ways um but then because drunk history was natural um and it right. was still doing this history moment um but i think that i don't they they couldn't go the routes that this did with like the typhoid mary twitch you know and and (laughs) things like that that i thought they they really incorporated the two mediums very well yeah you know to be honest i uh had not watched drunk history Hmm. oh man because you guys know me and you know that when i hear a lot about something the more (laughs) i hear about something the more i go the opposite way yeah yeah that's why i love doing this this series is because i can name a random movie like we're gonna have we're gonna be reviewing body slam coming up from 1986 i'm stoked to talk about that do i hear about body slam often no that's one of my favorite things right right? so uh also something coming up in the pipeline so if you are a patreon member or in the comment section be sure to Put a question down because coming up, we will be reviewing and discussing the Clue movie. Yes, Clue the movie we'll be reviewing and discussing. But a special treat is we will have the director of the documentary Clue Who Done It, director Jeff C. Smith, on the show with us. And we'll be talking about the Clue movie. We'll be talking about the documentary as well. So if you have any questions about Clue for us, or even if you want to ask, the documentarian Jeff Smith, leave a question in the comment section and we'll try to get it on the show. But anything else, Greg or Todd, before we head out for the evening, are we rating this as a whole 
or I realized we I mean, didn't give a rating, hard. did we? Yeah. 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 I'm listen. Where Todd is, I'm not a big Nick Kroll guy. I actually am the big Nick Kroll guy. So it's hard for me to give it anything less than a five. And again, like you guys were into drunk history and I never saw it mm-hmm. because again, too many people, I think is because I saw it on a, it was a comedy central thing. And I was like, mm. yeah. I, I felt weary towards it, but because Hulu, there's a lot more freedom there anyhow. But, uh, so it, it's a five for me though. Yeah. Um, especially not seeing drunk history. I totally get it. Um, I love history of the world. I love drunk history. So this is still going to get a really good rating. And I do love Nick Kroll as well. But what Mel Brooks sets a high bar, you know, and and so that's always tough to meet. Um, And History of the World is one of my favorite movies. It's a fantastic movie. It didn't meet that. I'm still going to give it a four and a half because I had a lot of fun with this. But it wasn't it only only because it didn't swing to the full, like, I want those independent, unique characters. You know, granted, we had the the band performers, you know, helping to, to um, in the Civil War um, sketches. But I, I do want a little bit more of that focus on some unique individuals that have great characters. Um, so it wasn't quite hitting history of the world, but still a four and a half because it was a lot of fun. Todd? Um, I did, I did like Nick Kroll, like back in the league, but then when, I don't know, his sketch comedy stuff has always just turned me off. I'm a three. Interesting. Yeah. Okay. So, you know, you didn't like Kroll show then. I did at first, but I think that's what totally turned me off. It was a little too. So if you took Nick Kroll out of it. I like about half this, you know, if you just took him out about half as much, I wouldn't have, it wouldn't have been over too much girl for me. Would that have adjusted your rating? Yes. Okay. To a. Well, cause right now where I stand, I think there's about two thirds of it. I like, mm-hmm. but that one third, I don't, I, I actually wish I liked it more, but. That's just kind of where I'm at. Do you do you feel that maybe? Uh, and if I hadn't seen Drunk History, I don't know where I would lie, because yeah. that's that's my problem. I'm watching. I'm like, there's there's funnier Drunk History stuff with the you know right. some, a lot of this stuff, and that kind of is in my head, and kind of really. See, you know what's funny again. is is I think the more I think about it, I think potentially the reason why I I was also turned off was Drunk History is that like. Well, no, I had history of the world. You know what I mean? Right. So at the time, people, because I would talk to people about, I'd ask them what their favorite funny movie is, and then they'd ask me, I'd say history of the world part one, and be like, oh, well, have you seen Drunk History? And be like, nah, I'm good. Yeah. You know, and, and you know, Greg, you know me. Todd, you know yeah. me. That's, that's just the way things are. Uh, so I see your point. And, and As a I matter of fact, that. Prior to recording, I just want to say we were talking about the Oscars and we talked about everything everywhere all at once, whatever it's called. And I and had mentioned that, that you hadn't seen it or whatever, that you were opposed to it. I was like, why? Because it was popular. So <laughs> <laughs> kind of. Yeah. Yeah. I'll see it six years from now. Yeah. On the 
plus side, we won't be reviewing it. So that's <laughs> fair. Uh, there's no rush now. Okay. Anything else before we head out for the week? No, sir. All right, ladies and gentlemen, Greg, you thought we're thinking of something and then change your mind. Was it? No, no. Like I'm, I just am still traumatized hoping that I'm not going to get hurt again by having to wait 40 years for <laughs> season two. Yeah. Yeah, let's That's all. all right, ladies and gentlemen, for Greg Larson and Flesh Room producer Todd, I'm Ozzy V, and we'll see you next week right here on a new episode of Flesh Wound Farce. <laughs>